Welcome to this very special edition of the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining us today, NCAA All-American, world champion, and now professional swimmer and Mizuno athlete, we're sitting down with Longhorn Carson Foster. Carson, how's it going, man? Uh, everything's going great. Exciting time, and and I'm, I'm excited for this next uh, chapter in my career. So thank you guys for having me on. right into this you just made the announcement today that you are foregoing the rest of your ncaa eligibility you're going pro what does this mean for you and what was what made this the right decision uh for you at this point in your swimming career yeah there was a lot of things that uh made this decision pretty easy but also a lot of things that made it really hard and um it was something i kind of wrestled with for most of the year uh kind of going back and forth weighing the pros and cons having a lot of conversations, a lot of hard conversations, um, and a lot of just reflecting on what I felt was best for me and what's going to set me up best leading into next year, um, which is obviously an important year. And um, I felt that for me, training long course and having a long course focus, racing long course, um, and just fully getting to uh, have that focus uh, is something that I've never gotten uh, like truly for a long course season. And, and I want to make sure there are no stones, uh, unturned for next year. And, uh, so that, that part was, was kind of what led me to make this decision. It's just wanting that like, in, like all in mentality for, for long course and for, uh, the summer season. Uh, but then also, uh, ha- like feeling like I didn't finish what I started with the team, made it really hard on me feeling like I was um, I've been a leader on, on this team the past two seasons. And so having to talk to them was really hard and tell the team first uh, just how much I love them and how much I've loved competing for Texas. Uh, And also the conversation with the coaches, those were two very hard conversations for me to have, but um, it just, those honestly, walking away from those conversations just showed me how, how incredible this program is and how it truly is like a family, because, you know, I had those thoughts of like, Ooh, how is this going to go? Um, like, what are people going to think? What am I like these people that I love so much? Like what, what is their, is their opinion of me going to change? And, um, they just, they embraced me and, um, supported me and that just meant the world. So, um, I'm feeling really good right now. I, I'm excited about this next step. I feel incredible that my my best friends, training partners, coaches all support me. Um, and so, yeah, everything is everything's looking good right now. So when you were considering this and, and weighing all your options, uh, what made going pro the best decision for you versus just taking that Olympic redshirt year, which is what some athletes are doing this year, obviously, Again, like you said, it gives you that year to focus on long course, but then you could return to the NCAA if you wanted. What made going pro the the the, the better of those two decisions for you? I definitely considered uh, doing an Olympic red shirt. That, was, that wasn't something that I just kind of forgot about. It was definitely um, something I thought about. Uh, but when I sat back and thought about uh, 
post 2024. So after the Olympic red shirt, the chances of me coming back to the NCAA, um, if next year goes the way that we, that we want it to, the way that we expect it to, um, the chances of me coming back were very, very slim. Um, short course swimming is not something that's really in my like powerhouse, uh, it's always been, I've always been more of a long course swimmer. I've always enjoyed swimming long course more. Um, and short course swimming has kind of been something that I've done because I love the uh, team aspect of the NCAA. Um, but it's never been something that I feel like has um, been a strength of mine. And so I felt like after next year, the the possibility of me coming back uh, I w- for a fifth year or for uh, to finish out my my fourth year um, of eligibility uh, was very slim, and so uh, that led me to this the decision to just um, give back my my scholarship to the team, let them reinvest that uh, into someone else, and um, just fully go pro and and support the team and help recruit still as a as a professional, um, still trying to be involved as involved as, as I can with with being a leader on the team and and helping out, but, uh, my time competing, uh, collegiately and, and racing short course, I felt like, uh, I was, I was ready to give up. I, I appreciate all of those reasons, but this is something that we kind of don't always get the insider track of is that you, you know, you gave back that scholarship, uh, so that the program can use it, which, you know, I, no one is obligated to reveal that information, but on the outside, we don't always know how collegiate money is is handled or, or utilized by the teams and by the coaches. And so I appreciate you divulging that information. It's really interesting and also, I think, pretty telling of, of your character and how you feel about this team as well. Um, so, you know, going pro, what lifestyle changes is that going to afford you heading into this summer's world championship trials? And also, obviously, next year's Olympic trials. Uh, so honestly, it doesn't really in the immediate future doesn't change that much, um, which is part of the reason why I felt like right now was a good time to do it. Just like a, it seemed like a very smooth transition. Um, I'm still going to be finishing school in the fall. I'll still be attending classes. So uh, mom and dad will be happy uh, and uh, I'm still going to get my degree. Um, I'm on track to pretty much finish school uh, first semester of next year. I'll have a couple electives that will be um, pretty light the second semester. But um, yeah, so it I'll still be attending classes. But other than that, I'll still be training with the college team, still be doing everything with the college team. Just I won't have to do the college racing format with with dual meets and, and short course racing. So um, it doesn't change a whole lot for me other than that that I get to focus on more of the, the long course racing. And then second semester next year is probably when, when the biggest change will happen where um, I won't be doing obviously conference or NCAAs or um, any short course racing then. And I'll pretty much be done with school uh, and I'll just get to fully focus on um, the six month lead up uh, from January to June uh, to Olympic trials, uh, which will, I think will be really good for me. Uh, and, uh, I don't know what the plan is yet on the 2024 worlds. Um, if that's something that's in the cards for, for me, or if that's something, well, obviously I have to, I would have to qualify for that. And I don't really know what the qualifications for that are yet, but, um, if I were to be selected for that meet, 
uh, I would have to discuss with Eddie and Wyatt about what the plan would be for that. And then um, it just, it opens up some new opportunities for me. One to just being able to be fully all in on swimming um, and long course swimming, uh, or I'm, I'll be able to go to that meet uh, in, in February or January, whenever the, the world championships are. Um, so yeah, it doesn't change too much in the immediate future besides me just fully getting to, um, get excited for long course swimming and, uh, Olympic trials and, and world trials and, and those types of meets. You're doing a better job of doing my job than I am right now. <laughs> You're bringing up all these great points. Um, the 2024 world championships, every time someone says that I'm like, that's not right. You're messing up the year. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, that is right. We have a world championships. And as you said, uh, early February in 2024, it's going to be weird. It's, you know, about six months before the Olympics. Initially, just like right now, you just turned pro. Obviously, you're going to you don't even know what the qualifications are or if you're going to make that team. And then you would discuss it with your coaches, as you said. But right now, um, having just made this decision, how do you feel about, you know, if you are selected for that meet, going and competing at a world championships that close to an Olympic Games? I want to go. Uh, my If it was up to me, I, I'm I'm all in. I want to go. Anytime I get to represent the U.S. internationally, I'm, I'm going to take that opportunity as long as the coaches, um, I have the coaches approval. Uh, but, I mean, representing the U.S. is something that, like when COVID happened and then missing the Olympic team, um, it was a couple of years for me that I didn't get to get, I didn't get that opportunity. And I think that kind of opened my eyes to every single trip that I make that I can represent the U S um, I want to take. And we'll obviously have to see about what part of the season we're in and, and if we have enough time or I typically respond well to, to double tapers and um, being able to taper a couple of times within a year. So um, we'll, we'll obviously have to talk about that aspect of it, but, um, anytime that I get selected for a meet like that, uh, there's a good chance that, that I'm going to be there, um, just because of the, how, how great of an honor it is and, and how much I enjoy doing that. I mean, and that gives some great context to your last year and a half or so representing the USA. You've gone to two short course world championships. You've gone to one long course world championships. You've meddled individually and on relays at all of them. <laughs> and, you know, it's like you've really taken advantage of those opportunities that you've gotten. Um, so in terms of this, going going back to this uh, decision to go pro, you know, in the immediate past, you went to NCAA championships and then you went right to the Westmont Pro Swim uh, a few weeks after that. So you had a big long course meet and then, you, or sorry, big short course meet and the first long course meet of the season. What was the time? Can you take us through those two meets and kind of how you felt about each of the performances there, as well as did either of those impact you, this decision to go pro or did you already have that made kind of going into NCs? Uh, yes. So I'll start with that. Um, this is something that I've kind of, like I said earlier, it's something that I've thought about pretty much. I knew it was a possibility the entire season. Um, so first semester was kind of hard because I was kind of going through it with is this my last like dual meet season? Is this my last season with the team? Um, am I coming back next year? And then uh, around January is when I decided that I was, this was going to be my last NCAA season. So 
Um, I knew going into NCAAs that this was going to be my, my final NCAAs and, um, moving on to NCs, obviously that was not a great meet for me. Um, and so that was, that was hard. And I think a couple of things went into that. I think I was putting a little bit extra pressure on myself. Like this is my last one. Um, I need, I want to do, I want to get all my goals that I've ever had for short course. Um, and then also just, this was kind of my first time being on a team, uh, where we weren't the top, top dogs. And, um, I think I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to just do everything and try and claw, try and single-handedly claw us back into the meat. And, um, that's just, it's physically and mentally and emotionally exhausting. And, um, I think towards the end of the meet, I just ran out of gas and, um, just with all three of those. And so I think, I think looking back, if I could go, go in it again, I would just go into it, just being super thankful for the opportunity and, and excited to race rather than feeling like I need to do everything. Um, uh, but that, that opportunity, I remember, I mean, no one knew I hadn't told the coaches yet. I didn't want to be a distraction to the team by telling the team or the coaches before the meet. So, um, at that point it was only me that knew, obviously my family and my brother knew and, um, and few other people, but, uh, I remember before the two back, which was a horrible, horrible race for me. But, um, I remember getting a little bit emotional, like walking out just because I was like, wow, this is my last time I'll compete as a, a Texas Longhorn collegiately. Um, and just like how, how special that night was just like reflecting on my career. Um, but then moving on, I think, I think, <laughs> NC's kind of left a sour taste in my mouth just because I it didn't it didn't go well for me and um I wanted to get back and uh so I kind of got right back. I took like two days off and then got back in the water. Um got ready for Westmont. Uh we we started training again. So Westmont was obviously like it was two weeks after, so like we're not gonna go all the way back up, but I got I got as far up as I could in that two weeks and then came back down. Got to go to the junior team camp and hang out with them for a little bit, which is a lot of fun. And um Westmont went really well for me and it was just kind of like like affirmation that this is the this is the right decision for me just how much more confident and excited about long course racing I am um and how much more comfortable I am and just pretty much every strength of mine translates better long course than short course uh and so I just had a lot of fun just like racing my events uh, in Westmont, uh, not really having any like specific gold times I wanted to go. I just wanted to see where I was at long course. And, um, it was great that Leon was there because he's someone that I pretty much race wherever I go now. Um, and which isn't a bad thing. I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you could have two aspects, like you could have two different, um, ideas about it. It's like, oh, Leon's going to another meet. Like, that makes my goals of winning or uh, this certain goal a lot harder to attain because of how good he is. But then also I feel like I also have my best swims when I'm next to Leon, uh, especially in the long course pool. Um, and so uh, that was really good for me. And then just, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like a long winded answer to your, to your question, but um, I, it was, I, I knew that I was going pro uh, NCs was, was emotional uh, frustrating, but very, very emotional. And, um, a lot of great memories came from that meet despite the swimming. So, uh, and then Westmont was more just fun getting back to what I know I'm good at. I have to give you guys props. First of all, 
that's what we're here for on the podcast is long-winded answers. So thank you. Second of all, uh, I mean, I got to give you guys props. I mean, as you said, it was the first time in a long time, Texas was not, you know, in the hunt, um, in the immediate hunt for a team title. A lot of people, you know, thought you guys were going to completely drop out of the top four. Uh, coming into the meet, you guys were seated to score like a hundred and something points and your whole team led by you just wrecked it, you know, in terms of where you guys were seated, uh, you ended up getting third, which I think a lot of people did not expect you guys to. And so it's like, you guys were scrappy. You were tough. You fought the whole meet. Um, and like you said, that's knowing it's your last NCAAs but not having your team know sounds sounds like a burden you know it's it sounds like it can weigh on you a lot and so uh i mean you went you went a best time in the 200 im right you were 139 for the first time ever i yeah it, I mean, there were some definitely some good swims in there for me I, I had a good split the first night in the the two free my 50 back was about as good as it's ever gonna get <laughs> um <laughs> And then my 2 a.m. was the best time. I felt like I could have been fat. I mean, I'm always thinking I could be faster than what I go, though, especially short course, because um, I go the, I go my long course times and I'm like, oh, I can just go this time short course. But they're two different, like two different sports at this point. But um, my 4 a.m. prelim was really good. Um, and then it just kind of like one, it's not easy to swim fast 4 a.m. when the guy next to you is going like, 328 that I will say that that's not the easiest thing to do um that's something we talked about too is like uh, he he sucked the wind out of that stadium or out of that building with that swim yeah is is that fair to say it is yeah and it's just and I I remember it's it's it wasn't like I gave up or anything but it was hard for me to kind of gauge where I was at and so um I learned a lot about myself from NCAAs of just like I can't be looking around at other people during my swims because that's when that's when my worst swims happen. And so I I did learn a lot of uh just sticking with my own lane. And I and I worked on it in Westmont uh in the 4 a.m. I just kind of ignored where he was uh and took it out the way I I know I can take it out. And obviously he has an incredible breaststroke and I'm working on mine, but um I think it's obviously I learn a lot. Like I said before, I learn a lot from racing Leon and, and some of my best swims ever have come from him, but yeah, the, the four am prelim was good. I think it was just those last three swims I had or last four. Cause I was on that relay that night. Um, just all the emotions and, and physical exhaustion just kind of caught up to me. Yeah. I mean, I, which again, I, given that context is, is really understandable. And obviously as an elite athlete, it's never what you want, but sometimes, you know, that's <laughs> just what happens. We're all, we're all human. Um, even, even the best swimmers in the world. I was just talking to um, a team the other day and like, I mean, that's the biggest thing I've learned as a reporter and as a, as someone who studies this sport, it's like elite athletes are just people who happen to swim really fast. <laughs> right. They're not, they're not robots, um, which is, is, you know, ob- it seems pretty obvious, but sometimes I feel like, especially the media and the fans, we kind of take, take fast performance or just elite performance for granted. So, um, so you're a pro now, uh, you get to start your pro career with another exciting announcement, which is you are re-signing with Mizuno. Uh, can you tell us the details of this deal or as much as you can divulge and just what it means to kick your pro career off, knowing that you've got 
the support of, you know, what, what may be the best suit on the market behind you? Uh, definitely the best suit on the market. Um, it, it, uh, I, I'm so thankful that they have their, like the belief in me. Um, I've been wearing their, their stuff since I was 15 years old, since I made my first team USA trip, uh, junior worlds in 2017. Um, and then I've never turned back. I've never worn another suit in our race. Um, and so it's, it's pretty special, uh, that I get to continue to represent them and, and they're a brand that, uh, is, is innovative. It's coming out with a lot of new stuff and, um, it's cool to be with a, a brand that has not only like your, your swim apparel, like my, my suits, my caps, my goggles, everything training. Um, but then they also have this incredible line of sportswear, uh, where I get like cool sweatshirts like this and, um, it's just, I'm so thankful. I love the people I get to work with too. I've really built up good relationships um, with, with the people who, who take care of me in and out of the water. Um, and, and I've really built up, it's almost like a friendship uh, at this point where um, they're checking in on me uh, even when, when like, besides just being like, Hey, like we're going to send you this. They're, they're just texting me, like seeing how I'm doing um, in the water at school. So um, I, I've loved every second of getting to represent Mizuno the past year and a half. And, um, the goal throughout this entire process was to stay with Mizuno, um, that I knew that that's where I wanted to be. I knew that's where I'm most comfortable. Um, and I, I want to be in the best suit. And so, uh, that was, that was a big priority for me. And, uh, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, these next five and a half years. Seven and a half years, you're you're re-signed to 2028, which is exciting for us. I'm, I'm obviously it's exciting for you and Mizuno. Um, so we'll be seeing a lot of you in the pool, which is which is really cool. Uh, another piece of of really cool news is that Jake is deferring med school, and he's going for it uh, this next year. So you guys both get to be pros together. Uh, which can you talk a little bit about that? And like, I mean. We've been reporting on you as brothers at least for six years, I think longer. Um, but I mean, you guys have been doing it together, you know, pretty much all your lives. And now you get to be professional athletes together, you know, uh, for, for this Olympic lead up. Um, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? And, and how, how long has this been in the works? I know, you know, I, at some point, I think we had checked in with Jake and he was like, no, I think. I think this is it. And then he kind of pivoted and was like, you know what? I'm going for it this year. Uh, I think it's been, I think Jake was definitely on the fence. Uh, he was kind of hearing everything, all different, all different opinions on, on what he should do. And, and I was kind of the person I, I never really gave him my opinion. Jake, Jake and I are, are extremely, extremely close. Um, we we hang out with you we share a car and so we're always we're always either dropping each other off at our our two our two places we live and um and just like he he truly is along with my sister um we are we are all three just extremely extremely close and so um we talk to each other a ton i feel like obviously jake and i go to the same college so um i never really wanted to give my opinion because i wanted jake to do what he wanted to do um, and I was always kind of just like, yes, I think that's great. Um, or whenever, whenever he would say something, or if, 
unless it was something where I was like, I don't know if you're doing that for the right reasons or um, just giving small pieces of information there. But Jake is obviously a very smart kid and and thinks through all of his decisions. And um, so it's been exciting to for him to, or just to listen to him and how confident he is going into this next year. And and it's honestly been wild to see like his improvement over the last year, um, which I know he wasn't super, super pumped with his uh, performance at NCAAs either. But then like looking back at last summer and and what he left out on the table, I mean, he had COVID at at nationals and I had to pull out of the meet right after he went to, I mean, he texted me on the day he went to and was like, I don't know if I can swim finals tonight. So um, just that alone is like pretty, pretty exciting for Jake moving into this summer. And um, regardless of, and I've told him this, regardless of what happens this summer, next summer, um, being a pro athlete or being a Olympian is not the coolest title Jake will have in his life. It's he's going to be a doctor and he's going to be, um, a dad one day, like he's going to have, he has so much like great stuff in front of him. And, um, I think that's what I'm just trying to get him to realize is like, don't, don't put so much pressure on. Cause I mean, for me, I have five and a half years to, to pursue what I'm doing right now. Jake, Jake's kind of cutting it off at, at one, maybe a half a year, one and a half years. So, um, there's definitely potential for him to just put a lot of pressure on himself right now. Um, and so that's kind of just what I've been telling him is like, just en- enjoy it know that this is like this is almost like like house money at this point like you just get to pursue this because you're lucky that Dell that Dell Med is letting you letting you do it so um I'm so proud of him and uh I mean I I I might shock other people but if Jake makes worlds and makes the Olympics it's not going to shock me in the slightest so um I'm I'm super excited for him man that pro group is uh is going to be pretty stout you know, I mean, and, and you guys train together and you'll train with the college team anyway, but uh, from the outside looking in, that's it's like pretty exciting to have the Fosters and uh, Shane and Lacone and I think I'm uh, Charlie. Charlie Watson. Yep. <clears throat> um, I mean, that's yeah, that's a pretty good crew you're, you guys are rolling with. But mm-hmm. uh, so just in the immediate future, you know, uh, what's next for you? When do you have meets scheduled uh, from now until trials at the end of June? Uh, yes. So uh, we have a couple guys like Jake and Kobe Carroza, David Johnson, Alec Enier, Cole Crane. They're all going to mission. Um, I think it was all a lot of the, a lot of our national team level guys who didn't go to Westmont are going to go to um, mission to just get like that type of racing experience in like racing with, with some competition. And, um, but for everyone else, we have a meet that same weekend here in Austin, just like a little local time final meet. Um, that's pretty low key. Uh, it's, I think I'm not, I'm not really planning on swimming any, um, any of my top events, but it's just kind of to practice racing. And then we have a meet, I think June 9th to the 11th or somewhere in that range. Uh, I think it's the Texas open that I'm pretty sure is at our pool again. That's our tune-up meet. Uh, I think it's like two and a half weeks before uh, trials. So uh, we have two meets coming up before trials, and then uh, then we get to let it rip in Indy, um, which I'm I'm super pumped about. I feel like I haven't raced there in forever, and I grew up racing there, I feel like, once a month. So uh, I'm super pumped to, to get back there. And uh, But yeah, two meets until then, and um, we just get to enjoy the the nice Austin weather and uh get some training in yeah 
the so it's a trials world trials this year are an indie it's five day meet similar to how world trials were last year it's just prelims finals do you have do you have an event lineup yet or or events you know you're targeting i mean obviously i'm gonna guess ims are on the table i guess tuner free is a strong candidate as well mm-hmm. yeah i i think it's it's not set 100 percent yet um I'll probably be I'll probably be over entered if I had to guess uh, when the meet starts, but uh, obviously I'm going to swim the IMs, uh, the 200 free. I mean, I want to be on that relay, and then the t- I'm probably going to enter the two back, but I got to figure out how that's going to work with the two free conflict. Um, probably enter the four free, even though it's on the same day at Worlds as the four IM. Uh, so not sure if I'll swim that at trials, but I'll probably enter it, and then two fly is an event that. Um, I'm really excited about right now. I've, it's a lot of fun for me to train for just cause it's kind of new. Um, and so I'll be entered in that as well. So, uh, we'll make, we'll make all the decisions about what I'll actually swim probably after my tune up meet. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to stretch myself too thin. Uh, cause obviously I want to qualify in everything I swim at the meet. Uh, but, uh, I definitely, I'll definitely have a better idea about what I'm swimming closer to me, but I, I feel pretty confident about uh, the events that I'm targeting. Well, Carson, it's it's great talking to you as always. Congrats on a big announcement, on a couple big announcements. Um, and obviously we are excited to see your pro career blossom uh, from this moment forward. Uh, anything we miss, any parting thoughts before we sign off? Uh, no, I think I think that was, that was everything. And- Thank you guys for letting me share this news uh, with the swimming community. And I'm just really excited. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.